Hello, my name is Jerome Cluck. And I'm Caitlin Kirby. And this is Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast. Coming up on today's podcast, we sit down for an interview with Tess from Florida. Tess has a nine and a half month old who goes to daycare while she and her husband both work. Enjoy. All right, Tess. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your child? So my son's name is Emmett. He was born in October of 2021. He's my first child and he's currently nine months old and just lights up every room. I'm loving this space so much that he's in. He just, he's learning how to laugh and joke and talk to us. And I'm just loving how interactive he's been getting lately. Um, and so who, who else lives in your household? So uh, my husband, Jordan, and we have two dogs, um, a big dog and a little dog. They're both mutts. So <laughs> that's our family. And how are the dogs doing with Emmett so far? They're doing really well. You know, they're jealous, obviously, of the attention that he gets. Uh, but they're both really calm dogs. So they put up with him trying to chase them and pull their hair. And uh, once we started solids around six months, they learned they know what high chairs are. And they, they got really excited once that phase started. And they could be more helpful in that way. And they know to kind of park right under the high chair and wait. So the relationship is a little bit more mutually beneficial now that now that Emma eats solid. <laughs> I, I had to take our dog to the vet earlier today, and she was covered in uh, pureed peaches because I didn't have time to clean her off. So I took her in, and I was just like, "All right, we're gonna have to deal with this. She's dirty, but I promise I take good care of her." <laughs> yeah, that's one benefit of two dogs because, like, oh, after wow. they clean the floor, they clean each other. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> I recommend. <laughs> Um, and you and your husband, do you work outside of the home? Yeah. Yes. And no, I mean, I work, uh, what was traditionally an outside of the home job is now a work from home job. Um, but I do work full-time hours and my husband works outside of the home as well, full-time. And do you want to share a little bit about what you each do? Sure. So I'm an analyst. Um, when COVID happened, I went fully work from home and then we relocated during COVID. So um, everyone that I work with has kind of transitioned back into the office and I'm still in this fully remote state, which I absolutely love. Um, and my husband is a scientist. And so he's been going in to work basically throughout the whole pandemic. Nothing's really changed there. We are three for three for people with pets and people who have relocated during COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I know it was like a super common time to relocate. We just, we had a, a crazy like storm of events and a great job came up for him. I was working from home. We had an opportunity to get way closer to family. There were things going on there with health. And it was just like, I guess this is the universe telling us to yeah. to move back home. We we yeah. relocated back home too. Oh, nice. No wonder buying a house was so difficult. Everyone's <laughs> moving. Yeah. Where, where do you live now? Uh, we moved back to Florida where we both grew up. Um, so it was like perfect timing too, because obviously with having a new baby, it's really great being more within driving distance of family, having that support system close by. And do you live in an apartment or a house? You want to talk a little bit about what your neighborhood is like? Yeah, sure. We live in a house. Um, we live in kind of a 
more traditional suburban neighborhood. So it's not super walkable or anything, but we have our space to kind of spread out. Um, we're very fortunate to have a few different rooms. So like our baby has his own room and I have a room where I can work. And for me, working from home, I felt that it's been really important for me to have physical separation between like where I'm sleeping and where I'm working. And so I feel, feel very fortunate to have that set up here. Awesome. Um, and so then you're working and your husband is working. So what does Emmett do during the day? He goes to daycare full time. Um, we had a little bit of trouble finding a place. Obviously, in most cities, it's pretty competitive to get a spot. I would say I started looking around like 14 or 15 weeks pregnant. And I was being told by multiple centers that I had started too late. <laughs> wow. um, so lesson learned there. But we were able to find him a spot at a really great daycare that's um, associated with a church. It's not a church that we attend, but we felt really comfortable with the care providers. And they all, um, they had really good teacher retention. And they all seemed kind of happy to be there. And that was the main thing we were looking for is just someone to care for our son who enjoys caring for babies. So he goes there during the day. I usually drop him off. My husband picks him up. And he loves it. It's been really, really good for our family to have that balance of spending time with him and making sure it's really quality time, but also having some time for us to kind of do our own thing and be in our professional space, kind of in like our pre-parent roles. Yeah. Um, my husband, Jerome, is a stay-at-home dad and I work from home and I can't remember the last time I was home alone. Uh, so uh. it sounds... Sounds like it would be a nice part of a routine. Yeah, I so, do think that's like an extreme luxury that I realize most moms don't have. But with me working from home, I come home from daycare drop off and it's just like quiet. And it might not always be that way for me. So I'm going to enjoy it while, <laughs> while I have this part of my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned that you moved to be closer to family. Do you want to talk a little bit about your support system and how often you see folks, um, family and friends in your support system? Yeah, so we don't have a ton of friends where we live currently. Um, we've been able to make friends with a few people, but no one that we're close enough where we'd say like, hey, can you come help me with my baby? Um, my parents live about two hour drive away. And they're both retired and physically like fit and able to take care of a baby still. So we see them at least once a month, I would say. Um, it's been really, really helpful. Like when he was a newborn, we had a few weddings we went to nearby. So they came along with us and provided babysitting. A couple of weeks ago, Emmett had RSV. And so he was out of school for four or five days. And my mom was able to come up and stay with us and, and help with the childcare. So it's really just those niche scenarios where it's hard to find a babysitter that wants to like travel to a wedding with you or take care of a sick child. And it's those scenarios where it's, it's super clutch because like, even if you had all the money in the world, you can't necessarily hire someone to do those things. And, um, having that ability to do those kind of last minute, um, childcare situations has been so, so helpful. And it's people you already know and hopefully trust. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since they've raised babies. So I have to remind them of a few things. They don't like to follow the schedule. Um, they don't like to do naps because they just want to play with him the whole time. So usually when I get him back, he's super tired and cranky. And they're, my mom's like, I don't know what happened. He just didn't want to take a nap. So it's, it's a trade-off, but overall, totally worth it. 
And is there anything else that you want to share about your family's identity or background? Um, I think we're pretty average, but I probably feel that way because um, I'm in my own bubble and in my head, our lives are totally normal. But yeah, I think we're a pretty average young American couple. All right. Well, then let's hear about your daily routine. Um, So let's start with what time do you wake up in the morning and what happens next? Um, We wake up around six, some days earlier. Uh, We don't have to set alarm clocks anymore since becoming parents. It's (laughs) just not something I even think about. Uh, He he sometimes wakes up between five and five 30. We'll start to hear him stirring. And then my husband will go in and like try to pat his back or give him a pacifier. I'm breastfeeding. So usually if I go in the room, it's like complete disruption. He's awake and he's like, let's start the day. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see mom. So my husband will be on like passy duty from five to six. And then we usually start our day around six. Um, I get up, change him. I breastfeed him in my room. And then, um, now that I'm back at work, it's pretty quick succession of events. After that, we try to get him in the high chair for solids breakfast and then, you know, get him dressed in his school clothes. We take a family walk every morning, which is something I really enjoy having part of our routine. Um, before Emmett, we were a lot more scattered on that. We would like take turns walking the dogs or skip it some days. And now since having the baby, we've just been kind of insistent on having that as part of our morning routine. It's just a 10 minute walk, but it's a really nice way to start the day with everyone. And Emmett loves being outside, like since the very early days of his life. So that's kind of his like morning meditation time, if you will. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's how we start our day. And and then I take him to daycare and I come home and work. Um, Your morning walk, do you do that? Is he in a carrier or a stroller? I was just going to ask. He's in a stroller. Oh yeah. He's actually like, he's loved strollers since day one, um, but hated carriers at first. And I don't know what it is. He has, I, everyone told me they love carriers. You just baby wear them through the whole first three months. It's going to be great. And I kept buying different carriers. I think I went through like three different carriers and he hated all of them. Um, and I was like, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And I asked all these people for advice and I think he just didn't have the like trunk control. So his proportions are kind of weird. He has like a 99th percentile head on like a 15th percentile body. So (laughs) I think being like in that upright position as a newborn, he just hated it. It's a lot Um, of work. Yeah, a lot of work for his little body. So around four or five months, he started liking the carrier. Um, And we'll use that occasionally for like shopping or travel, like if we're going through an airport. but. Um, yeah, he's a hundred percent always prefers his stroller. Well, at least you're able to go shopping and use it that way. Use it a little. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be so. I used to shop with the stroller when he was little, and I would be so jealous of the moms in the grocery store with their baby just peacefully hanging out in the carrier. And if I put my baby in the carrier, he's just screaming his head off the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that's ours loves the carrier. Um, but when I see the babies who are like peacefully hanging out in their car seats in the um, grocery store, I don't I don't know how they get them to do that. Yeah, Emmett hated he likes being in the car seat if it was clicked into the stroller and he was being wheeled around. But he hated he he hated riding in the car for like the first four months of his life. Yeah. 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 Did you did you take him on an airplane? Yes, we've been on a couple. Uh, oh, a couple. Trips. Yeah, he's done. He's done really well every time. I mean, I have like 
the magical power of breastfeeding, which okay. I didn't think about when I chose to breastfeed, but like, that's one of the benefits is that instant. You know, silencer. Yeah. So I, on planes, it's like, how much time can we spend breastfeeding and how much time can you spend napping? And then the flight's over. So that's been our strategy for our trips we've taken. Well, very brave of you. Yeah. All right. So back to the daily routine. Um, so when Emmett's at daycare, um, are you getting like updates throughout the day or how do you check in with what's going on if you, if you do? So I actually don't get very many updates from this daycare. It's kind of teacher dependent and the teacher he has is just not one to send any messages or pictures or anything. Um, originally, I thought that was going to be really important to me. And it turns out I'm okay without it. Um, I'm a very anxious person by nature. So sometimes just like not having certain information or not being bombarded with like constant reminders is almost better. Like, for example, we chose not to have a video monitor at home because knowing me, I would just watch it constantly while he's sleeping. So we have an audio monitor and, and trust that, you know, it's worked for many, many years for a lot of people and, and hopefully it'll work for us. But yeah, I don't get a lot of updates during the day. I get phone calls when he's sick. So there's been several incidents where he's like thrown up and they have their two strike policy and they give me a call. So I get anxious when I see that number on my phone because I know what it means when they're calling me in the middle of the day because they've never called just to say, hey, just want to let you know Emmett's having a great day. He's doing so well. He's so happy. It's always a problem. But yeah, those are the only updates I get, unfortunately. What do you send with him to daycare? So he has some things that stay there all week. So at the beginning of the week, I bring him like a new crib sheet and a sleep sack, um, fresh bibs for eating solids. And then every day I bring four bottles of pumped milk and a little lunch of some sort. I'm still trying to get in my groove on what I can pack him for lunch um, because we do like a baby led weaning combo style at home and um, he loves chewing foods, but at daycare, they're they do more like spoon feeding with his age group. So I try to, I'm trying to figure out like how many different purees I can keep sending him with that he's going to feel like he's enjoying the food and he's still able to chew it. And baby led weaning is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can explain it. Do you want to kind of explain what it is for people who don't know? Yeah. I'll botch it because I'm not a, an expert at all, but this, but basically what we're doing is we're trying to feed him from the food that we're eating. So we'll like when we prepared salmon the other day, we put out a separate section for him or we'll prepare it like without salt or season it in a way that's more baby friendly and then let him try that instead of preparing separate foods for him all the time. So he's really enjoyed that trying different textures. Tonight he had chicken breasts and again we just we made some for ourselves and then we made a separate portion that was just like seasoned slightly differently and set that aside for him cool you're at work while he's at daycare you only get mm -hmm. updates if it's something bad something you need to come rescue exactly. a, a sick child yeah then I assume you just kind of go about your work day yeah I look at a lot of pictures of him especially on Mondays I feel like I miss him so much more on Mondays I pump several times during the work day so I can have milk ready for the next day and then 
my husband picks him up from daycare at the end of the day. So he's usually there for eight and a half, nine hours total. And he loves going to bed early. I would love for him to stay up a little bit later because selfishly, I want some more time with him and I want to be able to do things in the evening. But he is very insistent on like a 6, 6.30 bedtime. So by the time he gets home around 5.30, it's like, again, a race to bedtime. We got to get him in the high chair, try to feed him dinner, take another walk usually. And then we basically go straight into the bedtime routine every night. We have very little time in the evenings. What is the bedtime routine? It's changed a lot, but currently it is. He gets a bath. He's usually like covered in food by this point. Um, <laughs> and then diaper, lotion for his sensitive skin, which he hates. He hates that stuff. Basically, any step between bath and milk is like an inconvenience and he doesn't <laughs> want to do it, but he does it anyway. Um, and then he gets PJs and then he comes to me for breastfeeding. So my husband and I have kind of like split the bedtime routine. We're both around, but we both have primary tasks that we take on. And um, it's been really fun to watch because in the early weeks, he admit absolutely hated bathing. He hated baths. He would scream his head off the whole time. He hated diaper changes, any like uh, self-care kind of stuff. He just hated. And my husband did all of that because I was breastfeeding. and That was the thing that he could do. And he was very patient through all of it and just consistent and kept showing up for Emma in those ways every day for months of screaming. And now we've like really turned this corner and he's this fun, happy kid that wants to like play in the bathtub and splash. And he likes to play with toys while he's getting his diaper changed. And now my husband's getting like the positive side of all of those activities. And it's just been really sweet to watch their bond in those, in those times. And Obviously, he he loves milk. So from an early age, he's like appreciated that thing that I've done for him. But yeah, we wind down with milk. And then I usually read him a book, which at this age is just we read like one page at a time and then he bites it for 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. and then we read <laughs> so <laughs> lots of eating books, basically. And then I put him in his crib and I sing him a song. It's an original that I composed. Um, <laughs> we have a few of those, too. Yep. And then I just, you know, turn on a sound machine, turn off the lights and leave the room. And most nights he's really excited to get in bed. He loves nighttime sleep. He hates naps, by the way. We kind of skipped that part of the daily routine because he does naps at daycare during the week. Oh, so he makes it like clean through like 10, 12 hours? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 11 to 12 usually. He's just... He That's amazing. Sleep. Yeah. Again, naps are crap, but... All right. He uh, shoot, I think I might take that deal. <laughs> Uh, at what age did he start sleeping through the night like that? So we were doing like the dream feed setup where he would have a bedtime around like 7 p.m. And then I'd intentionally wake him up at 10 p.m. to feed him one last time before I went to bed. Um, and then he started sleeping from that 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., like a full eight hours around 10 weeks, I think it was, 10 or 11 weeks. So he was kind of early to that milestone. And then we did like another month of the dream feed. And he made it very clear when he was ready to drop that because it got to the point where I would try to wake him up and he would just keep sleeping. And I would like offer him the boob and he would just be like passed out and not want to wake up, basically get mad at me for waking him up. So, so I guess around four months, he was going that 11 to 12 hours at night. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good awesome. sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get those nights every now and then. And it's, it's like. I can remember them all because they were so 
so fleeting and so wonderful. I'm like, God, remember, remember <laughs> May 8th? Yeah, it's tough. Now we're so spoiled that I feel like my husband and I are both such babies when it comes to losing oh. sleep. Like, well, we'll go through an illness or we'll have a bad night or a string of like three bad nights. And by bad night, I mean, like, maybe he's crying at 4am and we have to like go in there and pat his back for a few minutes, like nothing crazy. Um, but we both feel so destroyed after that because we're so used <laughs> to getting sleep now. But yeah, we're afraid to have another kid because we're like, we know this is a unicorn yep. baby and we are not prepared for anything more challenging than that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you adjust though, to whatever the situation is like now that we have usually only one wake up a night. I'm like, wow, how did I ever do like two or when she was going through a regression, like three, four plus, it's just like mind boggling. Yeah. And I felt like in those weeks when I was waking up two or three times a night, once he got to a point, maybe around six or seven weeks where it was like consistently the same time, my body got way better at falling back asleep because in the early weeks I was wasting so much time trying to fall back asleep. And then by the time you do, they're up again and like, you're not getting nearly as much sleep as they are. At least I wasn't. But once it was a consistent time, like I knew, okay, 1am is when I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to that room. My husband would find me in there like asleep nursing the baby. And I would like not remember it interacting with my husband because I could basically do the whole routine without fully waking myself up. But it's crazy how, like you said, your body adjusts to it. Yeah. I have to like play Sudoku when I'm nursing her at night at night to keep myself like awake enough that I'm not going to fall asleep while feeding her. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep it safe. So you're the, you're the first uh, guest we've had that has utilized daycare. Um, You had mentioned a two strike policy for illnesses or can you explain that a little bit? I will preface with like, I think our sick policy is pretty lenient, but if the child grows up twice, they have to go home. Okay, let's throw up. <laughs> Once it's considered maybe like a... Uh, just going to happen. Off of <laughs> Excitement. Yeah, so if it's twice, they go home and we're dealing with some like food allergies and intolerances. Oh. So as we've started the knowledge journey, I've been getting a lot more of those calls. It's like, I oh, I guess you can't think of that. Food. Yeah. Typically when you get that kind of phone call, it's in the middle of a work day. I have to basically drop what I'm doing the rest of the day, just kind of suddenly, like you can't really plan for when that's going to happen. And I go get him or my husband will get him. And then you can pretty much bet they're going to be out the next day too. So at a minimum, you're missing out on like one and a half days of work unexpectedly. On weekends then, you obviously get to spend more time with him. Um, What kind of things is he into? Like, what does he like to do when he's awake and playing? So he loves being outdoors um, and we try to get him outside as much as possible. Right now it's really hot in the summer. So it's been a little bit less possible. We just get out really early in the morning or we'll go places that have a lot of shade and cover. Um, So we'll take him on longer walks. We'll go sit outdoors at a brewery or restaurant. He loves looking at things indoors. Like he loves being in stores and museums and anywhere he can just kind of like people watch. The other weekend we were like, let's go shopping for Emmett, but not somewhere where we're going to buy anything. So we went to Dick's Sporting Goods because like neither of us really shopped there. We just walked him around for an hour. So he's, he's just very much in a phase where he wants to observe the world and be outdoors as much as possible. He currently takes two naps a day. So we try to keep him on basically the same schedule that daycare has on the weekends, just so he can kind of have that 
consistency. Um, so we take a couple breaks during the day for that. But yeah, between naps and nursing seven to eight times, and eating solids three times, the day goes by pretty fast. He's only awake for, you know, 12 hours total. It The weekends go by fast, but I do enjoy that. Like, I really, really savor that time with him because I know I don't have that during the week. Yeah, Charlie will have wake windows with me where like if I have a bunch of stuff I need to do uh, cooking or laundry or sometimes we have like a a push mower with no engine so I'll even strap her up and have her mow the lawn with me and so some wake windows she'll spend pretty much all of it doing chores with me and then when I go to put her down I'm just like oh you didn't get to do I don't know like she enjoyed it or whatever but she didn't get to do anything that she probably wanted to do and I'm like oh your, your day goes so fast yeah, our parenting style, we don't really like entertain him constantly. So we do a lot of like laundry or mm-hmm. we'll work on something together while he plays independently next to us. He's pretty good at playing independently as long as you're within like 12 inches of him. Um, oh, doesn't like if you leave the room. So <laughs> it's a balance. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll be in the room with you, but we might have to do other things. And what is his movement capability like right now? That's what I was just going to ask. Oh, so he is starting to, he's like on his belly kind of dragging himself around. It's, I don't know if I would call it an army crawl. It's like a little bit of arm, a little bit of leg, but still on his belly. Um, And then he'll get up on hands and knees and rock back and forth. Like he, (laughs) he seems to be within a few weeks of crawling. So we are slowly starting to baby proof everything. But yeah, I think he's a little bit, a little bit slower on the gross motor skills. Um, I'm still attributing that to his like head to body ratio. Uh, (laughs) The kid hated tummy time as a newborn. And one week I remember using a timer and trying to really hold myself to 15 minutes a day. Um, And I would like use a little stopwatch and start and stop and try to get to 15 minutes a day. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going (laughs) to watch him scream for 15 minutes a day and turn eat red. So we tried to do like other variations of tummy time when possible, but honestly he didn't get the amount of tummy time. Yeah. I think we did a lot of chest cuddles as tummy time because our daughter, yeah, was not having it on the floor and also is, is not crawling, just kind of dragging. Yeah. It's hard sometimes because, you know, we're in that Reddit group and you see like all these other babies doing things super early. And it's really easy to think that like everybody's baby is, has hit all these milestones already and yours hasn't. And trying to like calm my anxiety about that. And, you know, he's happy, he's fed, he's growing, he's showing all the signs that he's going to eventually crawl. He wants to move. But some of those things that you think crawling is like the first big milestone where I've really felt like, should I have done something differently mm-hmm. or am I failing him? But we just had our nine month appointment and the doctor was like, no, he's fine. This is normal. He will get there. I think it's just easy to kind of psych yourself out. Uh, every time I've mentioned like how Charlie won't crawl around, I'm just told to cherish this time where you can like catch them. <laughs> That's all I get over and over again. They're like, oh, you just wait. Like, okay, I will. Yeah. My mother-in-law told me, she's like, first baby, I wanted them to crawl so soon. I was working with them every day, like figuring it out. Fourth baby, I was like, please, please, please. (laughs) (laughs) You delayed crawl.
If you want to follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Everyday Parents Pod, and on Twitter as Everyday Parents with a Z. You can find links to our social media sites in the show notes and at our website, where you can also sign up for our email newsletter. You will also find some of our affiliate links at everydayparentspod.com and in the show notes that help us support the show. Uh, Currently, some of the products that we love and want to share with you are Ergo Baby and Liquid IV. Jerome, what is Liquid IV? Liquid IV is a hydration powder packet. Add it to 16 ounces of water and it will increase the amount of water that you drink in a day. Duh. And Ergo Baby. Jerome, what is your experience with our Ergo Baby carrier? My experience with our Ergo Baby carrier is daily. Uh, At least once a wake window, I'm pretty sure I strap Charlie into it. She's big enough that she is front-facing now, and she loves facing everything that I'm doing, whether it's cooking, cleaning, walking, making the bed, what have you. Uh, It's a great way for us to be close together and to kill some time. And finally, if you like the show and want to support us through our Patreon, you can get access to bonus content for as little as $3 a month, where we have video recordings of the show. And in our higher tiers, you can also get bonus episodes where guests share their uh, favorite holiday and seasonal traditions, um, or where you can listen to Jerome and I talk about Charlie's daily routine as it changes over time. And now, back to the show. Back to the show. So, uh, what what has been your biggest parenting win recently? Whatever you would count as a win. Uh, so this past weekend, um, Emmett has started displaying that he knows how to make jokes now, which is such a cool milestone because he's like previously he only laughed at things that we did, like if we tickled him or threw him up really high in the air or did something funny, and now he's starting to laugh at things that he's doing. And none of them are like that funny, but in his world, these are great jokes. One thing he decided this weekend that was funny was biting while breastfeeding. Um, Oh, no. I thought that you're supposed to like scold them and take them off the boob and tell them, no, you can't have milk right now. So that's what I did. And he thought that was hilarious. Like, I guess I'm not a good disciplinarian. He started laughing. (laughs) That was so funny. So for like a a day and a half this weekend, every time I would latch him, he would go into this like pre-bite mode where he just had his teeth like right on my nipple, just waiting to bite me. And then he would start giggling to himself and looking at me like, I'm going to bite you, mom. Um, And I would tell him no. And like, he just thought it was more and more funny. So anyway, I did some reading on Kelly mom, which is like a really great resource that I've loved for breastfeeding. And I read all the different reasons why kids bite and none of them really seemed to fall in this category. So I decided to just ignore him the next time he did it and like not play into his game, not scold him, do nothing. And he got over it. He was like, okay, I guess this isn't a fun game to play. I'm just going to eat now. And we knock on wood have not had any issues with that in like three days now. Um, But that felt like such a win because that was the first time we've had like a really clear feedback loop between the two of us um, where like he was doing something, I was misinterpreting it. I changed my reaction. He changed his response. Like it's just so much fun to watch them become more interactive. And I felt like that was a win, even though it took me longer than I would have liked to figure out what he needed. 
I eventually figured out how to communicate with him. Oh, that's so and cool. Obviously, that was rewarding for me, too, because I didn't have a tiny human biting my nipples. Yeah, you kind of worked a uh, challenge into your win. Yeah. You what has been your biggest parenting challenge recently? Oh, uh, he had RSV a couple weeks ago. Oh, and yeah, you mentioned he had that. a relatively mild case. But yeah, it was hard just just juggling like work and sick baby and waking up more at night. Um, and then my husband actually got it, which is not common with RSV, but um, he was kind of down for the count for a few days. So even with having my mom come up here to help, um, I still struggled like working from home and knowing he was sick and hearing him cry. Um, it was really hard not to want to go out there and be with him. And then I was nursing him instead of pumping. And so we're just not used to that. And it basically meant that I had to like greet him and say goodbye and greet him and say goodbye like five or six times throughout the day. So that was, that was challenging because he's obviously upset every time I say goodbye and it's, we're just not used to that in our routine. So that was, that was definitely a challenge. Felt really hard at the time. I was like, I don't know how people do this if they don't have a support system nearby, an extra set of hands. How long does RSV take to run its course? Like a week, the doctor said. So he had a few days that were particularly bad. He developed an ear infection from it. So I oh. think that's what was bothering him the most, probably. But yeah, it it was our first big illness. And I have a lot of like health anxiety. Like I was the mom that was constant. Does he feel warm? Does he have a fever when he was a newborn? Um, so this was like his first time getting a real fever. And honestly, I was not as anxious as I thought I would be because he was nine months old. And I was like, I think I should just count myself as lucky that he made it until nine months with no fever. Like We had a changing table in Charlie's bedroom and I only ever used it to change her diaper in like the middle of the night. Otherwise, I never really had her in that room. And for the first couple of weeks that she was in there I would put her on that table and then I would turn on a lamp and I was like oh my god she's the most jaundiced baby I've ever seen she looked like a Simpsons character <laughs> and I, you know I'd make a note and I'm like all right I'll bring it up in the morning and I'd go and get her in the morning and I'm like okay she's fine I just can let it go and after a couple of days of that I was like oh my all right I gotta bring this up to Caitlin and I realized we had a very yellow light bulb in the lamp in there. I didn't even know what jaundice meant as far as a health problem, but I'm just like, oh, oh my God, she's got it. All right. What are some ways that you take time for yourself throughout a day or a week? We know how most of your time is spent with Emmett. <laughs> yeah, well, but... I'm very fortunate that I have the house to myself during the day. I feel like, like I said earlier, I feel like that's such a luxury. Um, so that's kind of time to myself, even though I am working. Um, occasionally I'll stop after picking him up from daycare, I grab myself a coffee. That's just something I used to do more often before coming a mom, becoming a mom. And it helps me feel like my pre-mom self a little bit. I do work out though. I have found it challenging being back at work, trying to fit it in with like bedtime routine and when's a good time to go work out. And with breastfeeding, it's like, I don't really want to go work out first thing in the morning if I haven't pumped or nursed and. So I'm struggling to fit that into my routine, honestly, but it is a really nice thing that I do for myself occasionally. Yeah, I think even chores that don't involve caretaking are less strenuous. You're like, whatever, I'll go, I'll go, you know, shopping now while Caitlin has Charlie and just that time alone, I'll be like, oh, this, this fills my tank for, I don't know, self-care for a while. Yeah, just to drive somewhere by yourself sometimes is so, um, it's such a nice feeling mm -hmm. or 
I'll go grab coffee with a friend or like you said, go to the grocery store by myself with no baby. And it just feels different. Like I love spending time with him and I miss him obviously when I'm not with him, but anything I can do that kind of makes, reminds me of myself before becoming a mom feels, feels nice. It's like, I don't want to be my pre-mom self all the time, but sometimes I want to still feel like I have that identity a little bit. I've traveled for work a couple of times since I went back to work and um, it's been really hard being away from him for multiple days. But the one benefit is that like, I get to kind of feel like I'm not, I'm not in this overwhelming, when you become a parent, I felt like uh, this is so permanent. This is never going to go back to the way it was before. And that's a really daunting feeling because it's obviously a huge level of responsibility and you're constantly worried about this baby and you're, or I go to bed every night wondering like, I wonder what's going to wake me up tonight, you know? Um, so one benefit of traveling for work a couple of times has been that I've been able to have more of that pre-mom test come out and I can, um, kind of experience that. And then it's been good for my husband too, because he, I tend to be kind of like bossy sometimes or assertive with like how I want things done. And I was the primary caretaker for six months while I was on maternity leave. So I got really good at like schedule and what needs to happen when and with breastfeeding I was very much like the keeper of the schedule so it's good when I'm out of town because my husband gets to be the primary caregiver and he's not constantly like looking to me to be like what should we do what should we feed him like he gets to make those decisions and it's it's really helped him build his confidence in in that role very cool okay well Tess thanks so much Kate you got anything I do not. That was an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for sharing about your life with Emmett. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. You may have heard Tess mention a Reddit group in our discussion today. Um, Each month, there are private reddits called bumper groups where you can join and get support and talk to other people who are expecting a child in the same month you are and it's been a great resource to us and an inspiration for this podcast also she mentioned rsv now i know the v is virus but do you know what the rs means i do not what is rsv RSV is a virus that is particularly prevalent in babies, and I know it can be pretty concerning in terms of um, just having negative outcomes for respiratory issues. Maybe we should look this up. Respiratory virus. Respiratory syncytial virus. I knew it was a thing, but I didn't want to stop her and be like, what is that? Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to stop the person we're interviewing and ask her a question. Well, apparently... It's harder to know what RSV stands for than it is to just tell me what it is. All right. Well, thank you, folks. I hope that we will see you on our website or social media sometime soon. See you in two Tuesdays. All right. Good job. Love you. Love you. Bye.